is an emergency broadcast of the Morning Cardigan Show, presented by The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, an emergency broadcast of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I am, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, I got to tell you, man, there's a reason why you're one of the best in the business. There's a reason why you work as hard as you do. There's a reason why year after year, Journalist of the Year awards come showering down into your, your apartment. It's for moments like this when we get the scoop of the century, the scoop that we as Pistons fans have been dying for for, for weeks on end. It's, it's felt like years. And finally, when, when things felt the bleakest, when, when things felt the most glum, at the 11th hour, our, our knight in shining armor, James Edwards III of The Athletic, drops a nuke on us that the Detroit Pistons have hired Monty Williams for like a, a historically large contract. James, you did it. We did it as fans. Monty Williams is our coach. I can't believe this is my life. We made it. We're here. I'm so happy, dude. Thank you for breaking this news for us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for the thank you for that intro. Uh I mean, we're here to talk about the the hire and anything you want to know. We'll spend this podcast you asking me questions and I'll do my best to answer. Uh there's a story up on the Athletic now. Um, where I detailed the Pistons' pursuit for Monty Williams. Uh, some of the stuff that was out there was not accurate. Uh, so the, the, that story is your definitive story about how it all went down, and we're going to talk about some of it here. But thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, I work hard, and I take pride in my job. And um, it's – I try to – it's moments like this that, like, definitely – I don't know. You feel good. For sure, you feel good. That guy, as as some people refer to you as, that guy. Him. Some may say him. You and Shams blew everybody out of the water on this. Like it wasn't even close. Thank you. Shams is the best man. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. The athletics the best. Uh, yeah, man. I'm. I I love I love where I work. And yeah, we are. We're the we're the Bubba Ray. And, me and Shams are the Bubba Ray and Devon are of. You're not a wrestling fan. Uh, no. Okay. Rest, our wrestling listeners will get it. Me and Shams are the Bubba Ray and Devon of of this NBA journalism world. Bubba Stewart and Travis Pastrana. Maybe a Chad Reed in there too. James, I'm so dude, I'm so fired up right now because it feels like this is what patience is, is right? And this it's like fucking reasons like this that we ride with Troy Weaver the way that we do and on this show. I think okay? that's the big thing. That, that's the big theme of – we need to carry out throughout this podcast is, is patience. Um, obviously they've asked you to be patient with them on the floor. Uh, they've actually been patient with them, with their young guys. They asked you to be patient with them, with their coaching search. And as you saw, everybody got antsy. Everybody's thinking this, that, and the third, I think it became pretty evident when it was, when I reported and others reported last week that they met with Lee and Ollie for the last time, but there still wasn't a decision. I think you can connect the dots and had figured out something was up their sleeve. I didn't know what was up their sleeve until earlier this week when I got a, 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 uh, inkling tip, a tip inkling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but patience, man, I know it's hard to do in today's age, but patience just got the Pistons. You can make, make the case the best coach, not just available right now, but that became available on the market. This is one of those moments, man, where like I don't even I, I, I feel like this is out of body right now. I'm, I'm just so happy because like you said, 
you know, even we, it, it was a, a live reaction in the last pod that we did uh, just a few days ago with Nick Nurse getting hired uh, by Philadelphia. And you and I were both like, that's cool. But like the real prize was always Monty Williams. And, you know, that dream felt like it faded away really quickly after the, the results of the lottery. Because it's like, well, now we don't really have any leverage isn't really the right word that I'm looking for here. But it's like there's no reason for Monty to show up at this point. Right. You know, what is a reason to show up is seventy two million dollars and potentially upwards of one hundred million dollars over a few years. That's a pretty good reason to show up, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good reason. Uh, and we've. Chorus has been known to uh, go after the big name when it comes to the coaching search. Stan Van Gundy, Dwayne Casey. Um, Stan was turned down the Warriors to become president of basketball ops and head coach of the Pistons. Dwayne was ready to take a year off, and, and Tom convinced him otherwise, and similar situation here. So uh, I know a lot of people give Goris a lot of crap because he lives in LA or whatever the case may be. But I don't think there's ever been a question of him being willing to, to spend and, and make big moves. I, you could question whether the Blake trade, like if that made sense and should have happened, but at, at the end of the day, he was trying to make a big splash. He's tried to make a big move with all these coaches that, the, that they've hired. Um, I think that's one thing that Gorris doesn't get enough credit for. He puts his money where his mouth is. Um, the results might not work, and they haven't for a, a while, but they're committed to this rebuild. They're committed to building it the right way, and they got one of the premier veteran coaches to help with that. So um, I definitely think Goris gets a little bit of a bad rap, and people are going to be like, you're a mouthpiece for the team. You're just uh, you're jerking whatever. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, you, the, the facts are the facts, right? Like, you can't yeah. dispute that he – pride away stand from the Warriors. You can't dispute the fact that he got the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey. You can't dispute the fact that uh, – and I want to get this clear. Monty, people were saying Monty's only coming to Detroit because of the money. Well, of course, but Monty also turned down Milwaukee. He planned to take the year off. Like, this wasn't this wasn't him turning down Detroit and then Detroit just kept pestering. He turned down Milwaukee. Detroit just stayed persistent. So – what questions do you have about how this all went down? And I'll try it, and we can spend the pod that way, and I'll try to answer them. Staying on topic with what you were just talking about, do you know like what this courtship has been like? Like, has this been like a three week long pursuit? No. Nope. You know, have there been Zoom Zoom meetings? Like, what's this been like? That is a, I think that is a misconception that's been out there. There was a report, uh, I want to say a week or two ago, that the Pistons offered a big deal to Monty, and he said he was taking a year off. That's not true. Uh, from what I was told, what I was told is when Monty got fired, the Pistons immediately reached out, just gauging his interest in talking to them. That's when Monty made it clear to the Pistons, as well as the Bucks, as well as other teams who have who reached out to him to tell them he's leaning toward taking a year off. And even then, he he just his mind's not there. He wants to wait till early June to even have discussions. So, and as you hear in the piece, as you read in the piece, Saturday. This past Saturday, the Pistons front office got together and just shortly after interviewing Lee and Ollie, and they were kind of conversing about, like, what what are we going to do? And Goris, they, they all wanted Monty, but weren't sure. They were under the impression he wasn't going to take it. Goris, to my knowledge, what I was told, said, what if we go back at him? 
They hadn't put a number in front of them before. Next day, put a number in front of them, kind of put together a plan of attack. The very next day, so on Sunday, the day before Memorial Day, Gore sent a private plane to Phoenix to pick Monty up, flew it, that plane with Monty, flew to L.A. He was in Gore's living room um, that night uh, with a formal, an, un, an informal contract in front of him on Monday. Today's Wednesday night, and he has agreed to become the Pistons head coach. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, lady, for, ladies and gentlemen, for you listening at home, Right now, I hope you are just as fired up. And granted, by the time you're listening to this, some time will have passed. Like, by the time we're recording this, the news has been out for, what, like two hours? Uh, Yeah, about about an hour. So, like, two. I'm still, right, I'm still buzzing pretty hard off of this, right? But even hearing that story, like, it's like. I've been I'm working just... since 8 a.m. This has been a long day. I haven't had a day this long in a, in a while. But you're done. I just yeah. realized this means you're done. Yeah. I mean, the, it's off season time. There'll be the press conference next week. I would assume. Uh, and then yeah, for the man, he's gonna. The month. He's gonna look so great, man. He's got seventy-two million now. He can get some hair plugs too. Wow. He rocks the baldy nice. Uh, he does. Yeah, I'm just saying, if he wanted to, he could. I mean, he could have been. Shout out to the the billionaires of uh of Metro De- of Metro Detroit and Flint for giving the Williamses generational wealth between Gores and Ishbia. It's a lot of money coming from Michigan, baby. Well, how does this work with Monty's? Does he? So he still gets the Phoenix money too. That right? I'm not sure. I think okay. I think most coaches have. Or I think there are clauses in most if coaches leaves his place and gets hired that they're not responsible. But I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that. I don't. So don't okay. quote me. But I don't know. Um, any other questions you have about? this so as far as the structure of the contract this is the another thing that i've seen some conflicting stuff on what is like the how many years is it actually and are there actually options on some of the last few years yes it is a six-year deal okay it's technically an eight-year deal with team options on seven and eight so um okay how it was described to me Monty has a family uh, he has, a, I believe, a young son who's in the sixth grade. Obviously, it's tough to uproot your family at that at that age. But uh, if you do the math, that six years gets his youngest son through the end of high school. And I think Gores and company were cognizant of that. Let let they were just trying to make it as comfortable as possible for Monty and his family. And I think that's where the years came from. Uh, that's where the the numbers came from. It they were trying to make it as easy a transition as possible for them, um, and so if you do the math, it, it makes sense. I mean, they really it appears they really thought everything through. So was it? So the years were more to be accommodating for him. Well, that rather- and I'm sure Monty wanted some security. He's taking yeah. over a team that just won 17 games. Um, he's a He's been to a finals. He's the winningest coach since 2021, and you're asking him to come help raise your team out of the depths of hell. There's there's that too, but I, I think the Pistons ownership and front office was more than willing to accommodate and, and make that commitment to show how serious they were about him being their guy. So we've also talked maybe a little bit on this show, and there have been some reports that have kind of fluttered around over the last like week or two 
that one of the reasons that this coaching search has been so drawn, had been, oh man, I can't believe I can say that now, had been so drawn out for these last few weeks uh, was because maybe there was some internal sort of discussion, some conflict about who wanted which coach. I would say with Monty Williams, all parties got to be satisfied, no? This is only a win? Yes. Everybody is ecstatic. And I would say to what you said, in most, I think if you go again, go through every coaching search ever, people have their favorites of the candidates, right? Like it's no, it's very rare everybody agrees on one. I'm sure, I mean, obviously happens, but it's, I'd say it's more common that everybody has their has their ones. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is when they had that meeting on Saturday that I alluded to, I think everybody kind of just felt like in their gut they needed to. They needed to keep it open. They needed to try. They've been talking to these young coaches. They needed, let's go talk to a veteran coach. Let's go see what he has to offer. And um, in comes Monty, and, and it worked. I think, I, think, I, I think it's fair to say that they were impressed with Ali and Lee and, and for different reasons, but there was still that gut feeling that I don't know if, I don't know if this is it, and let's, let's, let's continue to keep looking. Let me just speak, James, on behalf of, of the fans here. This is this is for all of you. Can we just be super candid for a second? Folks, we did it. We beat the Kevin Ollie allegations. It's over. We did it. We don't have to worry about, like, is this thing actually going to work? We don't have to f-ing lie to ourselves for an entire summer that this that's is going to be awesome. I don't think. That's and I'm not, not ju- fair. This, I, this is, we still don't know. Like This I, is I not a platform where I like to be disrespectful, but let's be f- for real for two seconds no don't do that don't switch up because you were all on ollie until this happened and you still don't know if ollie can coach he could be good you don't know don't do this time out time out it's not about whether or not he's good it's about whether we it's about the fact that we don't have to go on the journey and find out we are just instead getting a coach who we know for a fact is good because even if we got charles lee by all accounts everybody loves the guy and he has actual front of bench nba experience instead we go get a guy who has won a coach of the year, was in the NBA Finals, and like you said, is the most winningest coach since 2021. Like, yeah, I'm going to take that guy 10 times out of 10 over the guy who hasn't coached in the NBA. In that regard, with all due respect, we we win unequivocally. I do, I do think that's the safe way to go, but I do think there's value in unearthing new thoughts and, and new ideas. Uh, the, the, and we'll, my now, biggest... we'll, now we won't know. But So now what you're saying, and I want I want – collective Pistons Pistons listeners and Pistons fans to to agree so we're everybody's saying that they know they got a good coach right yeah so if they're bad or is everybody ready to start blaming some players for why they're bad because you guys like to blame everybody else for why the team's bad except the players is it time now sounds like it's time now I wasn't gonna bring this up because I was like I don't want to this is a super happy day I didn't want to say this when it's like the coach is always the scapegoat yeah. Like, why, why can't we talk about the player who went 0 for 8 from 3 as the reason they lost? No, he didn't have him in the right spot. He's a 30% shooter from the left wing, 90% shooter from the corner. He should never yeah. – Like, for as good as this moment feels and for as happy as I will be until October, right, until we start to see these guys play some games, the truth and reality is – we're and maybe we can jump into this here in just a second. I actually would like to. When this team goes out and wins 35 games next year, people are going to be like, how much money are we paying Monty Williams? You know what I mean? And it's like, hold on. Don't do this now. Don't do this in year one. We still don't have it. Right. So I'm a little bit 
a little bit nervous for that. But but I guess even if in anybody, that question, if anybody, if the Pistons win thirty five games, <laughs> if the Pistons win thirty five games, which nobody you, you you can hope for, you shouldn't expect an eighteen win jump. Even though the Phoenix did it, they did a fifteen win jump his first year. Thought it was. More than that. Oh, his oh for Monty's. Yeah, oh, nineteen sorry, to thirty-four. Nobody should complain if they make an eighteen-win jump. I don't want to hear a damn word. That's turning a corner. It's harder to I, get, get from nineteen to thirty-five than it is from thirty-five to forty-five. One hundred percent. And in that same vein, you know, is the outlook on next season? different maybe in the win column with a guy like Monty Williams versus a guy like Kevin Ollie. I know on, maybe that sounds like a stupid question, but like we're talking about here, the roster is still the same. You know what I mean? So are we still kind of hoping for, does this kind of give us a little bit extra juice, a little bit extra motivation to maybe do something with the pick to maybe make something, you know, a little more um, aggressive happen in free agency? Like, do you think this does kind of shift the timeline a little bit in a positive way? I don't think so. I think it's just, I mean, I think they would go after the guys that they wanted to get regardless of who the coach was. I just think now they, there's maybe not as much of a learning curve um, for that head coach. So at the end of the day, and you guys hear me say it all the time, comes down to number two, man. Comes down to number two, Kay Cunningham. And I believe, you say it all the time. I, I believe he's him. But we, we, he's got to, we got to see it, right? This will be a see, second thought, year next year. I thought, yeah, I mean, technically, I thought you were going to say it. Just comes down to what I always say: you got to be patient. And I was going to say to that, James, you know what, man? You see what happens when we're patient? When we just wait things out a little bit. My biggest, see how it, my biggest thing that I think is going to come is remember, like, hey yo, pause, whoa. Um, <laughs> remember when you. When you guys got Cade and everybody just thought that meant an automatic like jump to the play-in? Yeah, I was... Well, yeah, anybody, uh, not everybody, but you know what I mean? The, yeah. This feels like one I was, of those. People are going to be disappointed oh, if yeah, it doesn't Well, happen. that's the only point I was trying to make earlier was when we don't you know, make the play-in next year. I was using 35 games as an arbitrary and number. And not to say that they can't. It's Again, it's you just never know. They're still young, and they're going to get younger. You know what, man? Let's get crazy. Let's get weird. I reserve the right to retract this take, but on May 31st, 2023, the day that Monty Williams, well, technically not the day that he became the coach because the it's not, signed from wrong, not signed yet, not finalized. The day that he was announced to be signing the contract in a few days in this moment, I'm saying let's roll the dice, dude. We're going to the play-in. I'm so excited. A year from now, we're going to be like, like, I don't know who the other 29 teams in the fucking league are right now. I really, who's in the finals? I literally have no idea. Those teams don't matter. Those players aren't better than mine. Their coaches, damn sure, are not better than mine because we have Monty fucking Williams. Motown Williams on the team. This Mot like Motown Monty's better. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, we, we, Michigan Monty, remember like Livernois Luke? Do you like the, mm. you know, like his Michigan Ave? Motown eh. Monty. We'll workshop it. We'll get somewhere with that. Right. But it is kind of funny. Again, not to like I'm I'm kidding here, but I'm not trying to sound negative. But it is funny to me how people are using the like the coach of the year thing as like a way to sort of gauge how good of a hire this is. It's also like the like, Madden who? curse. 
Right. No, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, think about the last coach that we hired. What was he coming off of? Oh, was he coming off coach of the year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nick Nurse. How'd that go? Yeah. Uh, who won coach of the year this year? Uh, oh, uh, was it Mike Brown? Yeah, he's fine. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, the last few coach of the years have eventually gotten fired. It's like the Madden cover. The Madden cover curse. Yeah, but this Maybe is it'll like, be broken. But this one benefits us. And I, and to be fair to Dwayne, he didn't come into a winning situation, right? No. So. Well, uh, and he lost his job because the Akron Hammer has a pulse. And he had no Kawhi. But we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to go back <laughs> six years ago, right? So anything else about this search? Any questions? Oof. Um, let's do a quick little teaser from what you know about Monty Williams. Who do you think his favorite player is going to be to use? Oh, I heard he, I heard. Oh, so one thing I heard is when the Pistons reached out, they were told by Monty, if he were to come back next year, him and the, them and the Bucks were the two teams that he would consider. Wow. The Bucks really wanted him. I don't know the whole situation. I assume once he told them that he was likely to sit out that they didn't like double back and pursue like the Pistons did. Yeah. Uh but I know that if Monty wanted that job, I think he could have had it. I just realized this is coming to me in real time. For the last 2 years, we as Pistons fans, some of us tortured, some of us excited depending on which camp you're in, have been subject to DeAndre Ayton rumors. This officially puts a bullet in that because they're not going to bring him <laughs> within 50 feet of this franchise now that Monty Williams is here. Pistons People fans. People actually, f- that, that's probably been the, well, besides the asking for an update every day on the coaching search, the DeAndre Ayton, like, based off whatever that was, that he was. We're free. You guys, come on, like, connect. Like, there's no, they weren't going to trade for DeAndre Ayton. We're uh, free. He can he can keep playing video games in the valley, dude. I'm surprised we're, you. We're, did, I'm surprised you already haven't gassed up the conspiracy of Booker coming to Detroit now. Holy sh, bro! We have his fucking coach in his, and just in his state. Oh my! Uh, I can't believe my head is. F- exploding right now Devin book it's it's literally because the the whole Suns thing at the Chris Paul thing's not going to work out if they don't get in a third star with the house this whole thing going to work out in Phoenix and it's like it's not going to and this is what we telegraphed after the trade deadline happened and Kevin Durant got traded to the Suns that we are on this podcast rooting hardcore for that thing to fail and for Matt Ishbia to just be Joseph Psy 2.0 which so far it seems like he might be because Monty Williams, a.k.a. Kenny Atkinson, just walked out the door. Devin Booker up next in two years. Ladies and gentlemen, he's coming home. Holy smokes. I, I, I knew I'd, te- I'd teed you up. I knew I shouldn't have. James, thank you. Thank you for this day. Hey, you did it, dude. I just dude. did my job, man. Just did my job. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, go read the piece. Uh, there's literally everything you would want to know about how the coach, how the hunt went down. Uh, the timeline and all that is in the piece. I go check the top of my Twitter page, JL Edwards, I, 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 um, yeah. Shout out to Shams. Shout out to the wonderful editors at the athletic high fives all around. Um, it's a long day, but it's at the end of the day, this is what, this is, this is what the 
the work people don't see behind the scenes throughout the whole year leads up to like moments like this. Like this is all the work you put in is for moments like this. Right. So, uh, this is very cool. Um, like I said, I thought once they didn't hire Lee or Ollie after the initial meeting, I thought the, I didn't know initially who it was, but I felt like there was something up their sleeve. Um, and clearly there was, as we, as I learned earlier in the week, Gores made a tremendous financial commitment, making him the highest coach, highest paid coach ever. Um, there's a relationship there with Troy. I don't think we said that they overlapped in OKC. Um, oh, there it is. Okay. And yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and 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 I know this got the approval of players too. Yep. Man, this is. I'm just. I know I'm getting tripped up here a lot in this episode, folks. I'm just. I'm so happy. This is a great day. This is a great moment. This is a great beat reporter that I'm talking to right now, doing his job in the trenches. Now he can enjoy his summer. And for the love of the game, man, this is why you do it. This is why we as fans, this is why we I'm just we made it. We did it. We got our guy. Now it's time to to move on to the draft. Let Troy cook a little bit more, you know, let him get in free agency. Bring Jeremy back home. Did they? Did he overlap with Monty and OKC? Surely he did. Ah, that's a good. I don't think so. I don't no? think so. No. Maybe. Maybe. I don't mm, think so. That though. That sounds like it would check out. No, Monty. No, I don't think so. No. Maybe. I'm gonna defer to you because usually you're right about this kind of stuff. Alrighty, James. Uh, let's get out of here. We will be back. Uh, normal. You know, Tuesday episode uh, will come up. Just had to get a quick, uh, you know, thirty minutes out to you guys on this. Um, already, James. Any final notes? You got to I don't know. You want to do an album? You got something? Um, let's do. Dang, what have I been listening? I've only been listening to Anita Baker lately. Um, I did most death the new danger like two weeks ago, right? I think that yeah, sounds, sounds right. right. That sounds right. Um. Let's do. Do you have one? I'm gonna go with the Succession season four soundtrack by Nicholas Bertel, the greatest living composer uh, ever. I'm gonna go with. Just go listen to Georgia Smith. No, I can't do. We're about. We might have way more listen. I can't just. I gotta go super <laughs> duper hip hop here. Um, yeah, you gotta get in your bag. You gotta show people that like. Yeah. Just do. I don't know. Makami, pray for Haiti. I did that a long time ago, but I've, I've been bumping that. Makami, pray for Haiti. Let's go there. Black and brown. Let's do that. There we go. Take it, OG. Boom. Alrighty, James. Uh, Monty Williams, if you're listening to this, I love you. I'm really excited <laughs> to be your biggest fan. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming here, even if it was for like literally the biggest contract that any coach has ever, ever gotten. Uh, it's fine. I'm going to look past it. You can do whatever you want while you're here. I love you. Thank you for coming here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this on podcast, I love you guys too, by the way. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, subscribe, maybe leave five stars. That'd be pretty cool. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys, Monty Williams, I love you, in the next one.